I'm Libby Rothschild, former clinical dietitian who transformed into a full-time virtual business owner. It was only one year ago when I made $55,000 a year in my clinical job. And now I make $100,000 a month being my own boss. And you can do this too. My clients, who are all female dietitians and students, started from zero and created six-figure, multi-six-figure businesses by following my proven method. And they've all been guests on air. My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. I'm here today with Kirsty Stewart. She graduated in 2012 and started her own practice in 2013. Growing up, she developed a passion for nutrition while spending quality time cooking with her nan. Over the past few months, Kirsty has niched down and her practice and focused on helping women break diet culture and find food freedom. She believes nutrition should be simple and food should bring enjoyment and not fear. Welcome to today's episode. Where can we find you on social media? You can find me at, at Kirsty Seward. That's nice. my full name. <laughs> Wonderful. And did I miss out on anything from that, that biography? Anything more you want to share with us about who you are and, and where you're from? So I'm from Australia and I think you covered it. So I definitely have niched down in the last few months with the help from yourself and the group and yeah, working with women to break diet culture, which is so prominent today, I feel. Yeah. And we're, we're going to talk more about that. So can you share a little bit about your journey? I know that you um, graduated in 2012 and started your practice a few years ago. So what's helped you create your business? So yeah, I graduated from Nutrition and Dietetics in 2012, and then I started my um, business the year after, so 2013. So I've had it for almost about seven years now. And then when I first started, I did the um, traditional private practice route. I went into GP clinics and rented rooms, and I was paying 40% of my earnings to the GPs, and I found I was yeah doing the standard Medicare rebates in Australia. Here we have, um, they can be bulk billed to see a dietitian that up to five visits to allied health. So I was going down that route. And then I realized that there was a lot of cancellations. There was a lot of like no shows. And the only way to increase my business, increase profit was to actually see more clients. But then on top of that, I've always had my business as a bit of a side hustle alongside my research and while I completed my PhD. And then a few years ago, I got the opportunity to do some meal plans for a national supplement company and writing meal plans for their body transformation challenges. So I loved creating recipes and I realized from here I was probably good at creating recipes and I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed creating meal plans. But I, over the years doing that for three years and multiple challenges, I was seeing that it didn't quite align with the message I wanted to deliver, all the outcomes that I wanted clients to achieve. And I knew that um, through they would follow a meal plan as such, but it would always be like, what's next? What do we do once this finishes? So I knew that my business was online. I'd finally transitioned it to online consults and online meal plans, but it wasn't quite aligning with where I wanted to go. So then COVID hit, <laughs> which was actually a really good time. Like it made me stop and slow down and reflect on where my business was going. And that's when I knew I was ready to make that shift finally to work on intuitive eating and food freedom and move away from the meal plan, online meal plan model. So it was actually a great, COVID was a great thing for me because it made me re- really reflect. And then after months of following you, I signed up and that's where we are now. Amazing. And I do want to talk more about your journey of really owning food freedom and how that helps you feel more confident with your messaging. So I'm glad that you gave a little bit of a backstory with that. 
and that how COVID made you sit and reflect about your messaging, right? And kind of decide that you wanted to yeah. shift, right? Yeah, well, personally as well, like I'd, I suppose I'd been caught up in diet culture before and exhausting my body, exercising twice a day, trying to fit meetings in, run a business, do my PhD, have a research job. So I was exhausting myself as well, but I always knew that when I ate well and nourished my body, I performed better. But I also, COVID was a good thing because it really did slow me down and it gave me time to reflect on where I was going. And as an entrepreneur, I think it's a big thing to do is to slow down because we're always so we're so busy and trying to do everything that it's I think the opportunity to stop and really reflect on was the business aligning with where with my message and where I wanted to be and what I wanted it to look like in five or ten years time so yeah those are really powerful reflections because you know when you own what you do and feel really aligned and good about it your work is more fulfilling yeah definitely definitely and like and I just wanted to help women feel more confident in the body that they have and stop comparing themselves to other people. Like they would do these transformation challenges and one might lose X amount of kilos and one might not lose anything and they would just get disheartened or they'd fall off the wagon following these meal plans. And through these challenges, I was trying to teach them that it's just, if you're hungry, eat more food. And it was, it's such a hard concept for some women to take on board that if they're hungry they are allowed to eat and I knew by providing these meal plans and for them to follow that it wasn't quite aligning with my passion so I knew I and work was becoming hard for me I'm like I didn't quite enjoy it anymore and I felt like I was hitting roadblocks and I wasn't as motivated to do my work I loved helping clients but I think the the passion and the reasons behind that were just misaligned. So aligning with them, helping them find food freedom has sparked my passion again for my business. That's really amazing. I, that's such yeah. a good message to send to the listeners because we all yeah. have phases, right, where we might feel discouraged and we, we want to find the most reward with our work. And through yeah. work experience, you've been able to, to get clear and define that reflect on your personal experiences as well. Yeah, and I think it's a big thing because I – as we're taught, it's hard, like it's not a, I suppose, a common thing back when I was that you need to say to a dietitian, you should niche down. It's like, no, you should be general and you should be over everything and client, like clients will come to you and you'll get referrals and you treat them for what they come to you and what they're referred for from the GP. But it's really hard. I found it really hard to be over everything. And so it's after the years of experience that I've had, finally making that decision to niche down and work with where my passion aligns has been really refreshing. That's great. That's really yeah. an incredible message to send. And we're going to dig deeper with that. But I'm glad that <laughs> yeah. uh, with, with saying that because I, I feel that, that that will relate with a lot of the listeners. If you were to summarize your nutrition philosophy, what would you explain or how would you say it? So my nutrition philosophy is actually really simple. And it's like, I really believe nutrition should be simple. I feel like it's over the years, it's gotten so complex. Like there's like rules for everything. You know, there's like, don't eat after this or eat this food, don't eat that food. Food, I'm a big, I'm quite a social person and I enjoy like celebrations. I enjoy celebrating. I'm a big birthday person. So I love like, especially birthday celebrating birthdays. So food's for enjoyment and for celebration and it shouldn't be feared. And essentially food is so much more than the numbers. And I, I think I just, my philosophy is just to remove that complexity and take it back to what it is. It's for nourishment and it's for us to enjoy and celebrate with. That's beautiful. And it's so clear too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And so when it comes to approaching goals in your business and life, can you share with us um, how you go about that? So I'm a big planner. 
so I don't think you so especially getting through my PhD and keeping my business going and working as well it's obviously a lot of planning comes into that so I like and I also like to be challenged if that isn't clear from that (laughs) so I tend to dream big as well so over the past year or two I've really paid attention to setting goals but then setting smaller interim goals as well and I also believe in celebrating all wins like even if they're small compared to my final goal and I think every step of the process should be celebrated, even if it's just booking like one discovery call or writing one module out of the 10 modules that I want to release. I think every step should be celebrated because that's when you keep momentum going. And a big thing as well with helping me stay, like approaching my goals is looking at the circle I surround myself with and making sure I surround myself with the people who support me or, or are even honest with me and like pull me up when I'm, maybe when I'm like even slacking off or like not pursuing my goal or not being aligned with where I want to go. So the people around me, which I know one of your modules covers, are making sure you've got the right the right support network around you. That's been a big thing as well. Yeah. I, and I, just to have fun. Sorry. Yeah. Having fun is important. I think that what you just said is extremely underrated as far as surrounding yourself by people who support you. Would you say you do that uh, with other dietitians or just with like-minded entrepreneurs? Can you give a little example of how you frame that out? So a big thing is I surround myself in my circle with a lot of entrepreneurs, but I think the big, I'm a big advocate for investing in mentoring for myself and learning from those who have been where I am. And I think that's been a big benefit of working with you because I've never been surrounded by so many dietitian bosses. And it like you can surround yourself with other entrepreneurs and business owners, but having the dietitian bosses surround you, it's like at the next level in terms of getting like, well, it has, it felt like that for me. That's great. Yeah. That's really, really special. And, and it's, um, it's a really special motivating thing to be in that community and, and also see other people from other parts of the world with other philosophies with the same goal of doing a virtual business. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear you share that. And I, I love that powerful reflection. And I also love that you think that having fun is important because yes. you, I mean, what, what good is all of this if you're not enjoying it along the way? Yeah, that's right. Having fun. And sometimes I've learned as well, just you have to go with the flow. So sometimes you can have this big plan, but it might not go, every step might not go as you plan. It's life. So going with the flow as well and having fun and enjoying it too. What are some of your best or favorite ways to have fun like what how do you like to celebrate oh that's a good question how do I have fun I like like a perfect celebration for me was catching up with my girlfriends or family and like having sharing a meal or a barbecue or something like that very Aussie Aussie barbecue Um, (laughs) that sounds good yeah yeah. that sounds like great is it so is that like an australian tradition or is that just i'm quite close with my family and we have a barbecue like every second friday so we have not like at my dad's house so we catch up and it's like um come if you can make it if you can't we'll see you next time kind of vibe yeah so it's just a good opportunity to catch up with everyone see where everyone's at what they've been doing but really nice yeah, yeah. That sounds wonderful All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, it's wonderful to hear more about you and how you approach goals. And I think fun is underrated. So I'm glad to, glad to hear (laughs) you talk about that and give examples. When it comes to your, your coaching, how are you managing your time between your coaching, your ebook and your recipe book? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So it's a lot. And I also am currently teaching it where I lecture at the uni three days a week. So life can get pretty busy. And my goal is to actually reduce those teaching hours. So 
I try and map out my ideal week and I try my hardest to stick to it. So like I said in the previous question, having a plan always makes me feel more organized or help me helps me work towards my goals. And I've also tried to streamline many of my processes such as booking by the booking systems or um, even getting the modules and the content streamlined and my process for developing content. So niching has helped with that a lot with my business. So a lot of it comes down to processes, which I didn't have in place before either. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. And what has helped you, speaking of the niche, what's helped you get clear with your ideal client? Because when you said your philosophy and you talked about your story of where you got to where you are today, it sounded really, really clear. So can you give us a little background about that process and how anything's changed with marketing now that you're, because of your... your yeah, i have been feeling like I wasn't aligned with the direction I was going for at least a few months or about six months prior to signing up and working and getting the support from other dietitians than yourself. So I, I think getting that support and that how do support or that okay, that it's okay to niche down, I think that was a big thing to finally niche down and follow my passion. And I've been wanting to change, yeah, like I said, I've been wanting to change the direction for quite some time. But I didn't want to make the leap on my own. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I didn't have the courage or the confidence to do it on my own. So having support from other people was a big factor. What's changed since I've done that is I feel like when I was posting before or trying to market myself, I had to, and as I mentioned before, I had to be on top of every nutrition topic out there. And I felt like I was um, trying to like scope out like what's the hot topic right now? Like, is it um, superfoods or what's the current fad diet? I should talk about that. But now I get to focus on what I enjoy and love, which has actually given me more ease and I feel more excited about creating content in the business. So and and it was a massive process of reflection. So like I said, I'm I'm big on reflection because I think just through yeah, getting to where I am and I've done a lot of work, especially through studying and completing my PhD, a lot of that is reflection. And we get taught that a lot in our dietetics degree here in Australia. We do a lot of self reflection. So it was a massive process of reflection. So I took time to reflect on what aspects of the business didn't, didn't didn't align with the support I wanted to provide for clients and the outcomes I wanted them to achieve. And it was, yeah, a big part of that was obviously that my message wasn't totally aligned with the what I my passion or what I believe too. And yeah. Yeah, so so that's great. And then what changes have you seen as far as after making this shift and becoming more aligned with food freedom? Yeah, so clients are more interactive with my content. So I've like before when I was posting, I'd, I'd try and find like what or what should I post about vitamins or minerals today or should I post this recipe or, or post about hydration or ex- like exercise and balance. And then it'd kind of be a hit and miss of what work, what they engaged with and what they didn't. And I never really understood why that post went well and why that one didn't. Or um, And I'm, I guess clients are now more interactive with my content and I also have more passion and purpose when I create my content as well. So I'm seeing it's becoming enjoyable and I'm seeing actually seeing my sales and profit increase, which is nice too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah rewarding. Yeah. yeah. So you were talking yeah. about how when you post, people apply to sales calls and, and work with you. Can you talk a little bit about yeah. that, about how effective your content is? Yeah. So I always make sure that I include, like my, my post structure is definitely different now. So I always make sure like I'm hitting their pain points or solving their problem, which I, obviously I was missing before because I was just posting about what I thought may get good reach or maybe that clients wanted to know about. 
So my content's more aligned to what I'm, the problem I'm trying to solve and their pain points. Plus I always include a call to action at the end, which I think is now a really big, a big factor and make sure I have a link in my bio to where I like for them to schedule a discovery call. And to be honest, I'm not 100% consistent with my content, but I'm very aware of that <laughs> through my reflections. That's something that I'm working on, being more consistent with my content. But I'm finding that even on the weeks where I'm not consistent, I'm still booking discovery calls from that content, which is, it's nice to know that that's still happening. It definitely, I notice when I show my face and I get on my stories, which is something I'm also still working on. It's quite funny, actually, because put me in in front of a lecture theatre and I'm fine I'll talk all day but then put me in front of my business on Instagram and I get really nervous I don't know if it's because it's my little baby and I'm growing it but so that's something I'm still working on is talking more in my stories and getting my face out there more but when you do that people connect with you and they actually want to work with you and they want to know you and they know that you're just a normal human as well like and yeah it's fantastic I think yeah and I think they like knowing, and it's so good when I jump on a client call, like a discovery call, or even when I see my clients and we have their first initial consult and they say, oh, that potion the other day really resonated with me. Like she, they're like, I was just, I saw it and I was like, oh my God, she's talking to me. Um, so it's like getting that feedback is really, is really good too. Yeah. And then yeah. it all goes back to you being aligned and feeling aligned with the work you're doing and getting validated from people yeah. who- you and that's showing that what you're doing is attracting the right type of people and, and changing their lives yeah and jumping on a when I do jump on a story and talk I find it's actually easier or it's easier to do because you're talking about something that you're passionate about and you're talking about what you do every day and your ideal clients so and I often relate to them like like I said before I've been caught up in excessive exercise and diet culture before so it's you can do that with more ease when you're working with your ideal clients Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And when it comes to your offer, because I know we're talking about your clients and how they've mentioned that their con- that your content resonates with them. So when you're working with clients or with respect to your offer, how has it progressed and what have been some of the challenges um, or what's been surprisingly easier than you expected? Yeah. So I've, I've gone from creating tailored meal plans, which essentially had no uh, kind of face-to-face con- contact that was just via online tailored meal plans. So now I've gone back to one-on-one coaching. Well, not back, it's actually a step forward. Um, so I've gone to one-on-one coaching and I sell my online consultations as a bundle and I find this straight away increases clients' commitment to achieving their goals. And because they know that they'll have my support for that length of time as well. And I thought initially, it was really funny, I thought when I'd sell them as a bundle and up my and be like, it's this month for the bundle. I thought a client would be um, quite apprehensive or not keen, but they're actually more keen to know that they've, they're more keen because they're like, no, I, I want to work with you for an extended period of time. So it's not a one-off, one-off consultation and they're aware when they sign up that we'll, we'll be working together for at least 12 weeks. So, so they're more committed. Plus, I think they're also, it breaks down that barrier that, all that fear that they have of, of changing their behaviours too because they know that it automatically got your support for that duration of time. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. yeah. That's great. Uh, thank you. <laughs> so while offering one-on-one coaching, I've been developing resources and modules and I'm almost ready to announce the launch of a small group program. And then from there, I've, 
I'm aiming to release an, uh, an equal. So one of the biggest challenges, and I just touched on it then, was actually increasing my fees and charging based on my value and my hours and my services. So like I said, I've, I thought people would be like, no, I definitely won't pay. Like that's too much. But they actually do. They want, like when you get your content, content right and the, your ideal client contacts you and they're ready to take action, they're already committed to working with you once they usually get to that call. Yeah. So I'm still working on my sale, my sale call skills, but that's, that's progressing. Yeah. Yeah. And your sales call skills are working because when people apply to yeah. work with you, they're buying with you and then you're selling them into a bundle where they're committed to work with you to change their behavior over the course of several months. Yeah. Yeah. Great. It's working. <laughs> so if we take it a step back and talk about how yeah. you're getting people to apply to work with you, because that's the golden question that the listeners want to know. How do I get people to apply to work with me? That all goes back to your content. And I know we've discussed that a little bit in this conversation. Can you chat about how you use Instagram uh, to market and sell for your, your bundle, your services? Yeah. So I make sure my content is essentially targeting clients' pain points and solving their problem. And then always including a call to action at the end of my post, like I uh, mentioned earlier and having that relevant link in my bio ready to go so having those steps set up because previously I didn't have I didn't have that either so a clear a relevant post that's targeting their problems and having the call to action and then that step for them to book a discovery call with you I think just having that process in itself is a big step towards getting clients to sell or get or making sales I also a big thing for me was that my Instagram doesn't have to look pretty um, so before I had this, like before I started working with you, I had this pattern of like every fourth post would be a quote and then like it would all be color, all be color maps. And so I think a, a challenge for me was getting away from that concept that it has to be perfect as well to post and it has to be pretty and, and look all aesthetic. I think I'll work towards that. But for now, the more important thing is just getting the message out there and getting the content there. And I also share content from other dietitians Instagram pages that have the same direction as me and it's actually really I get a lot of interaction from my stories like DMs and replies from doing this as well so I think don't be afraid to share other dietitians content as well is a big one like you work work together we're, we're working together we're not against each other and if they've created a post that nails a pain point like it, it's a win-win like you're getting content and solving a problem or reaching out to your ideal client and then you're sharing another dietitian's work. So it's a, yeah, it's a win. I, do that. I, I agree with you. And I, I'm, I appreciate yeah. you said that. That's such an abundant thing for you to say, both empowering yeah. your colleagues. And then of course, at the end of the day, the content has to represent what your business's mission and vision represents. And because you're clear with that, you're able to identify what colleagues are also doing something similar, which can help your, your audience, right? And inspire them. And you're getting good feedback from that because people are telling you that yeah. they with that. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's really important and also good to build up our colleagues. Yes, yeah. And what has been the biggest struggle since I know you've really gotten things clear on Instagram and you're making content that's resonating and getting people to, to purchase with you. So what has been difficult and how have you been able to turn it around? Um, so prior to starting coaching, clients seemed, I think the biggest struggle was clients seemed to be unsure about what services I offered, but I now find that they know what I offer and how I can help them. So before I might've got a DM and been like, oh, can you tell me about what you offer? Like what, 
like how can I sign like how do I work with you whereas now it's quite clear that um, it's like one-on-one coaching um, and and this is what this is this is a direction I work in so I find that yeah by looking at my posts and targeting their pain points and then having a clear call to action they they know when they when I get a DM they already know what I offer as well and they're already quite keen to work with me creating content was so I feel like content used to take me hours for one post and even after hours of work it gets very little engagement or or a sale if it got a sale um, so now even when I'm not 100% consistent with my post they typically still get quite high engagement and usually at least book a, a discover a discovery call if not multiple discovery calls yeah but I've also um the big thing as well is my confidence I think sometimes so I cringe, or I used to cringe, I'm getting better at this, <laughs> at Instagram stories of myself, but now I'm just learning to do it, and it's just something I need to keep doing more of, and as I mentioned before, when you're working with your ideal client in your niche down, it comes more natural to you as well, so that's something I'm working on, and I'm not cringing as much at myself anymore. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really relatable. I, we've all felt that way. If not, we still feel that way, and I love that you're representing yeah. You're working through it. You're reflecting and noticing that that's something you do less of, but it's still there, right? Still those feelings yeah. of wanting to, or you know, feeling a little bit uncomfortable with putting yourself out there. Yeah, but it's when you do it. It's even though I'm cringing at the story, it they it clients relate. Like they'll write back and be like, "Oh, this was me today," or thank, or they'll be like, "Thank you for posting this." Like I, you get it. So it's by doing that you just become more human because. That's what, and that's what clients want to see you, you as as well. You're human too. So, yeah. Absolutely. I can't connect you more with them. Yeah. And we're here to connect with our clients, right? We're here to show yeah. our audience, our, you know, current clients or potential clients that, you know, we're just, we can relate to them. We're a human being and that's what's going to get them to want to work with us. So that's why it's so important to break through feeling like you want to cringe, which we all feel, so that you can let yourself be a resource, you know, stop blocking yourself from being that person that they need. Yeah. And I did a story a little while ago. I remember this one because a lot of people reached out after it. And I'd list, it was one of your podcasts. I listened to it and it was like, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And then I did a story on that. And at the end of the story, I said, getting on my stories makes me uncomfortable, but I'm putting myself out there to help to um, show you guys that you can do it. Like you can do it too. You can step out of your comfort zone. And so many clients wrote back or just people reached out and were like, you're doing great. So I feel like they also like you getting that affirmation from clients as well can help with the confidence too. But until you get out there and put your face, get put your face out there, you won't get that affirmation as well for all that yeah, confirmation from clients too. Did that blow your mind when you got that feedback? <laughs> You're thinking like, wow, they're giving me, you know, they're really giving you credit. For, for you doing what felt uncomfortable. So that must have felt pretty good. Yeah, it, it does. It does. And it just knows like that they don't expect you to be perfect. Guys. And I think that's something we as dietitians, we tend to be type A personalities. We think we've got to have things perfect or we've always got to be perfect or show up perfect, but you don't. Yeah. Yeah. You resonate more when you're just human. Yeah. Perfect is boring anyway. Yeah. Who wants to be perfect? <laughs> And then your process for creating content on Instagram. Could you go over that briefly? So I try to schedule a block of time each week. Usually this is like a Friday afternoon when I finish seeing clients for the week. So because it's usually when 
most ideas are probably fresh in my mind from seeing clients as well. And then I actually have tomorrow morning scheduled. That's a Saturday morning here. you know. So I've got tomorrow morning scheduled to do a whole bunch of images to create content with. So I actually find it myself a lot easier to have a bunch of images ready or a bank of photos ready to make content with rather than making them on the go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's really streamlined. Yeah. And you can have that block of time and be really efficient with your creation process. Yes. And I also know, though, that even when I have, so if I'm creating content and I feel that I'm, I might be blocked, like I'm just not being creative or in that time, that it's okay to step away and know that I'm not going to be like, it's okay to step away from that block of time, even though I allocated that time. If my brain's just not on task, then it's okay to, to do that. And when I feel more creative, maybe the next day. Yeah. But I always make sure I, I block out some amount of time during the week to build content. I love that leniency that you give yourself, right? You're, you're telling yourself you need to take care of a business task, but you're giving yourself some flexibility for how you're going to get it done. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like something you've been working on and you've evolved over time. That sounds really <laughs> smart. I love yes. that. You can't force yourself, right? If you're just not in the mood, you can't force yourself to get those creative juices to flow. Yeah, that's right. But it actually, it does get, the more you learn about your client's pain points and you focus on their pain points and solving the problem, I'm finding the easier content does become. Definitely. That's I'm still working. <laughs> Absolutely. What yeah. was that? But I'm I'm still working on being more consistent. <laughs> but Yeah. But we'll get there. How do you stay realistic and committed to what you're able to do? So I've realized again from my reflections that I have a habit of overcommitting myself. So I try to be honest about what I can realistically achieve each week and even each day. I'm also big on promoting my clients to take time out for themselves or for me time each day, even if it's just twenty minutes. So I I try and practice what I preach and I do this each day. The other thing that has helped me stay committed, which I've never really done in my business before, was I set sales goals or financial goals and I track them now. <laughs> my sister's actually my accountant, so she's happy with this as well. But this helps me, it actually helps me be motivated and also gives me confidence to keep going when I see the sales increasing. And I did manage to hit my sales target for this for June. So it was um, amazing. Congratulations. That's incredible. Are you comfortable sharing what that target is? Probably not. <laughs> okay, I'll block that out then. I won't, I won't yeah. answer that part. But um, that's yeah. incredible that you've been able to set your financial goals. Great. Yeah. And that's great. It's great, great to have a goal that you know that you're, you're focusing on. And for the listeners here, I, I encourage you to reflect on what you're focusing on as well so that you can get closer to increasing your visibility and making, getting more clients and, and making more money. So... What advice would you give to somebody starting out? Uh, um, just do it. <laughs> so content doesn't have to be perfect. And these are things I keep telling myself. And just, I think a big one is but not just being a dietitian, but an entrepreneur or a dietitian boss. It's just back yourself. Get your face out there. Um, like I said, it's still, this is what I'm still working on. But people connect with you when they see who you are. So, and just back yourself because Clients want to work with you and they want help and they want that support. <laughs> Love it. And last question, yep. what's next in your business? So definitely group program is coming up, which I'm hoping to release very soon, which I'm also nervous about, but I'm just taking my advice and just doing it. <laughs> I'm not nervous. I'm excited as well. Just taking that next step for my business. Um, and then I want to eventually get the, or soon get it out the online e-course. 
So an online and e-course has actually been a dream of mine for, I reckon, a couple of years now. So I'm so excited to finally get this out. Fantastic. Can't wait to follow yeah. you on your journey. And if you could just remind everybody where to connect with you on social media so they can show you some love as well. So it's just at Kirsty Seawood. Amazing. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.